down, tell someone that he is worthy. All right, say it a little bit louder because I didn't hear you. All right, now say worthy of it all. Because here's the deal. I, I know we come together and we sing on Sunday mornings and we praise God and, and we listen to a message, but, but I want you to hear this. Uh, that, that song said, let, let incense rise day and night. I want you to get this. Worship is much bigger than what we do here on Sunday morning, and He's not just worthy of this hour of your week. He's not just worthy of you singing your best today or raising your hands. He's worthy of it all. I'm sitting over there singing, just thinking, God, you're worthy of everything I've got. You're worthy of the way I handle my finances. You're worthy of the way I spend my time. You're worthy of everything. Everything I have is a sacrifice to you because you're worthy. And so today, he's worthy of it all. Turn to someone and say, he's worthy. Come on, guys. Turn and say, he's worthy. Mean it. I appreciate you being here today. It's good to see each and every one of you. Uh, we just came out of a series called Known. And in that series, we were talking about the fact, it was Psalm 139, and, and it was the idea that God created us, that God knows us intimately, um, that, that He formed us, and that He leads us and guides us. And so we are known. It was very much a, it was our prayer and fasting month. So it was very much about our, our knowing God and God knowing us. Now we're moving into a series called Connected or Connect. And, and here's what I want you to understand today, that, that as you follow Christ, you should be led to be more connected to each other. There's a fallacy in the church today that we can live our faith on our own. It seems like today's culture values easy church over deeply connected church. And listen, I feel like an old man up here because I see things that are happening in the world around me, and I see things that are happening in the church, and they're concerning to me because God's Word tells us that we are to be connected to each other deeply. We're not just connected to God. This isn't just a solo faith that I sit at home and I pray and I sing songs. We are supposed to be connected deeply together. That's God's plan for us. And so one of the things I see in the church is that we've kind of made it into a thing of easiness. And maybe at times it's easy to just slip in and slip out or just, or just watch. And listen, I, I'm so thankful for everybody that, that joins us online. I know that not everyone can be here in person, and I know that sometimes that's just the option you have to take. But, but God wants you to be connected, even if it's not on a Sunday morning. In this gathering, God wants you to be connected to the body of Christ. That's what you were designed for. And so over the next two weeks, this week and next week, we're going to talk about being connected. And I just want to, I made this challenge to you last week, and I want to reiterate it today, that we need to connect to each other. Your faith will be stronger if you are connected to your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so last week I said, come here without a, without a plan or make a plan to connect with somebody new, somebody that maybe you don't know that well. I want to say the same thing. When, when I wrap up, I won't talk about food a lot today to make you hungry, but when I wrap up, I want to encourage you to find somebody that maybe you're not super connected to and to go to eat together. If you can't do it today after church, find a time this week. Get connected to each other. I want to encourage you, if you do that, if, let's say you, you decide to go to lunch with someone new today, I would, I would encourage you 
to take a picture of you together and send it to us or post it online and, and hashtag ConnectWCN. We just want to see the church connecting together. We are meant to be connected. So there was, I hate to bring up this time because it was such a crazy time, but, but in 2020, we experienced something together that I never thought I would see in the church. I grew up a pastor's kid, and we were at church every Sunday, and we were at church way too long every Sunday. We were the last ones out of the church every Sunday. And, and I never thought I would see the day that came in 2020 when, when there were six weeks that we, we gathered here just with the people that had to be here. Now, listen, I understand that there were reasons for that, and I'm, I'm not speaking about any of that stuff other than just to say for six weeks it was really strange because instead of three, four, five hundred of us, it was ten of us. It was the worship team, the camera operators, and myself. And we were kind of in, in, you know, streaming-only mode. And it was the strangest thing, but can, I, can we have some pastoral confession today? Can I confess something to you? Nod your head if it's okay if I confess. Nod your head if you agree not to hate me and judge me for what I'm about to say. Oh, I didn't see all the heads nodding. <laughs> well, that's more fun that way. All right, here we go. Can I, can I just be real with you and say, like, the first week or so of that, it was kind of interesting and unique and maybe, I mean, honestly, it was easy. I mean, we came in, it wasn't easy preaching to no one. I mean, all I was doing was talking to a camera. That was kind of difficult. But there was a, a level of it that I came, you know, on a Sunday morning, there's so many things to think about. There's so many, I mean, what are these people thinking? Is this person mad at me? Is, is the music too loud? Are the lights too crazy? And there's all these things that, that you know, come in. And, and for six weeks there, it was, it was just simple. Like, we just came, and I got up here, and I spoke. And then we went home and did whatever we wanted to do, and it, it would just, it felt easier. And so I would say like the first week, I was like, hey, kind of cool. I mean, it's just easier. But, I, but by the second week, I couldn't stand it. There was, there was something that happened at the end of service when, when I wrap up and I say amen and say God bless you. There's energy in life here. And over those six weeks, it was like I'd say amen, and then it was just quiet and dead and empty, and there was something missing. And I want you to understand that that's because we are created to be connected to each other. Maybe for a moment it was kind of nice to not have to worry about all this stuff, but God's plan is for us, the body of Christ, to come together and share life together. It may be momentarily easier to not be connected to a bunch of people. Let's be honest, like, people can be difficult. Nod your head if people can be difficult. Keep nodding your head because you're difficult. There we go, okay, good, oh, thank you. I knew you'd know it. Listen, people can be difficult, that's, that's hard. But we are designed to be connected together. And, and so in Romans, uh, we're, we're in Romans chapter 12, verse 3 through 8 today. We're going to be in 3 through 21 over the next two weeks. But, but I want you to see what, what Paul has to say about the church being connected. So, so Romans is written to the church. It's a letter written to the church of Rome. And this is one of Paul's later letters. And he writes this to the church. And one of the biggest reasons that Paul's writing this letter is to bring unity between the Jewish followers, the Jewish Christians, and the Gentile 
Christians. So there were those that were Jewish that then believed Jesus was the Messiah and followed Jesus. And then, then there was the Gentiles that, that Paul was called to reach. So the, the non-Israelite, the non-Jewish people that come in. And there was a divide in the church. And Paul's big reason for writing this letter was to bring unity and to bring honor to God by bringing the people together. And so he starts in Romans chapter 1 and he starts laying out the gospel. And, and just really simply put, the gospel is this, that, that with Adam and Eve, humanity was created, but Adam and Eve chose their own path, their own way. They sinned, they fell short, they were undeserving, they blew it. And, and, and he, he goes on and he says, there's no, nothing you can do, there's no way that you can save yourself. So humanity blew it, and humanity on its own could not save itself. But in came the Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who came and died on the cross to save our sins and to invite us into life again. And so he says, in Jesus, we, we have the new Adam or the new humanity. Jesus created a new family and invites all of us, Jew and Gentile, into this family. And we are all children of God. Through the work of Jesus Christ, we are invited to be children of God. We are adopted as sons and daughters. So we come to Romans chapter 12, and one of my favorite sections of Scripture is in chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. I'm going to read it. You'll, we'll stand in a minute, but you don't have to for this. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That, that's incredible. Because of God's grace, because of the gospel that we are invited, that we are saved through Jesus Christ, because of that, offer yourselves as living sacrifices. That song said, day and night, incense rising. I want to be clear, that's not, just, that's not talking about lighting candles. That's talking about us offering our worship to God day and night. Offer yourselves as living sacrifice. So in the Old, Old Testament, they were into to sacrifices, to offerings, and they would take a goat or a, a lamb or something, and they would sacrifice it. They would kill it on the altar, and that was supposed to be an offering to God. That, that dead animal, the animal that was live, that was killed, was an offering to God. Paul says, offer yourselves as living sacrifices. You don't have to come, this is, you know, harsh, you don't have to come lay on an altar and offer your life and, and, and kill yourself to God. God wants you to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, that everything you do is worship to God. And so that's where we start Romans chapter 12. We are to be transformed. We are to be living sacrifices. And that brings us to verse 3, if you'll stand with me. We stand because this is God's Word, and we believe that God's Word, number one, we believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you today through His Word. Number two, we believe that God's Word is active and living, and that God is going to move in His Word. More than you hear me today, I pray that you hear God, and that He speaks to you through His Word. So here's verse 3 through 8. He's just said, offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing, be transformed. In verse 3, 
He says, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in, the, in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Praise God for His Word. Have a seat. We're going to work through these, these verses. Um, there's three parts of this. So, so Paul, and, and he, he presents the gospel. In the beginning of chapter 12, the first two verses, he says, so offer yourselves as living sacrifices. This is your worship. And then in verse 3, he, he transitions from the, the, the worship of offering as a living sacrifice, and he moves to the idea of living connected to each other. This, the rest of this chapter is all about being connected to each other. So there are three parts to this we're going to look at. The first is how we view ourselves. That's important when we're connected to each other. The second is our connectedness. It's the level of connectedness we're called to. And the third is our serving. And so let's look at these. Verse 3, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So, so Paul's about to talk about serving. He's, he's about to talk about the gifts that we've been given. And Paul knows that there's a problem when we start thinking about our giftedness. And that problem is our human tendency is to, to put value on each other. And one of our human tendencies is to think that we are better or above other people. And so he starts, before he even gets into gifts, he says, in view, well, let me, let me get there. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. So two, two things to this. Number one, the simple thing that he's saying here is don't be arrogant and prideful. Don't think that you're more important than you are. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. One of our tendencies, I said this last week, we're all the hero in our own story. We all think that we're right about everything. Very few of us walk around thinking that we are the wrong or the bad. We tend to walk around thinking everything revolves around us. He says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. If we're going to live connected to each other, if we're going to live in the body of Christ, then we have to have an appropriate value of ourselves and of each other. Another thing that I see in the church, let's bring out old man, old Pastor Alex again and, you know, get on my soapbox. Another thing I see in the church is that in today's church, we have a tendency, a tendency to have celebrity culture and leadership. 
People want celebrity pastors. They want celebrity musicians. And just like the world kind of worships athletes and musicians in the church, we've fallen into this pattern or this habit of of worshiping the people that are very gifted or or really great speakers or great musicians. And, And there's almost this level of we're elevating them to a place of worshiping them. And that's a problem because God's plan is not for there to be superstars and then people that don't matter in the church. God's plan was to gift each and every one of us with gifts to build the body of Christ. He says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment. Listen, there there is no follower of Christ that's more important than the other followers of Christ. We are equally important in the body of Christ. Hear me, please. God has gifted you with skills and abilities to build the body of Christ. But you're not more important than the person sitting next to you. And let me just say it. Billy Graham, great Christian preacher. He's not more important to the church and to God than you are. God's plan was not to have superstars and people that don't matter. God's plan was for each and every one of us to be gifted and use those gifts together to build the church. Unfortunately, sometimes we fall into this trap of elevating each other. I was thinking about this. Have you ever had pain in an area of your body and then you favored that area of your body? Paul's using this metaphor of of the body and that the body is many members and many parts. Have you ever had a sore knee? And so your knee was sore, so what you did is you favored your other leg or you favored that leg and you put all your weight on your other leg and you'd be walking through. When I was just out of college and, you know, a young adult, I, I had some knee tendonitis and my knee hurt all the time. And so when I was lifting something, I wouldn't lift with my knees because that hurt. Instead, I would lift with my back. So then I hit 30 years old, and there are days that I can't stand up straight. (laughs) Because I favored one part of my body over the others, it hurt the body. We are not, our bodies, we've talked about this over the last four weeks, our bodies are perfectly designed to work together in unison. And when we favor one part, now I get it, if you're hurt, you kind of got to do that, right? But, but when you favor one part over the others, it's out of balance, and it causes problems. The same is true in the church. When we elevate certain people above others, we, we begin to worship them. We get, begin to put them in God's place, and things get out of balance and out of whack. And I believe we see some of that in, in culture today. The church has problems at times because we elevate people where God should be. And and then guess what? Those people have problems because they start to think they're super important. This says, don't don't view yourself, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Now listen to the last one. It says, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So in other words, he, he gives you the answer here. You shouldn't think of yourself more highly than others. Why? Because it's in accordance with what God has given you. The truth is, yes, Billy Graham had great, uh, great ministry. God did incredible things through Billy Graham. I'll say, let me say that again and emphasize the right words here. God did incredible things through Billy Graham. 
It wasn't Billy Graham doing incredible things. It was God doing incredible things through Billy Graham. That's, so he says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the gifts, the, the, the things that God has given you. That's how we can view ourselves the right way. So, so number one, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. But, but I want to take the other side of this too. I, I think Paul is meaning to, to warn against pride and arrogance. But there's another side. See, one thing we have a tendency to do is put ourselves above others. The other thing we have a tendency to do is to discount, to discount who we are and to think that we're not important. I, I'm going to guess that there's a lot of us sitting in this room that at times have felt like we don't matter to the body of Christ. Listen, if, if, if no one person is more important than anyone else, then guess what? That means we are all important in the body of Christ. I'm not saying you're a loser. I'm saying you're awesome. I told you last week, you're perfect. We're all created and gifted to serve the body of Christ. When we take too low of a view of ourselves, then we unplug, we disconnect. And, and the body of Christ is missing what God gifted us to bring. You are important. You are no more, you are no less important than the people sitting around you. God has gifted you to serve the body. Verse 4 and 5 says, For just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many, we form so in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And listen to this last line. If you're going to take anything away, I want you to take this. And each member belongs to all the others. I'm going to say that a few more times. Each member of the body of Christ belongs to all the others. Each member of the body of Christ belongs to all the others. We belong to each other. We are a part of the body of Christ. Let me, take, let me say some really hard things. You cannot be a follower of Christ independent from the body of Christ. You cannot follow Jesus and be faithful to him without being a part of the body of Christ. If you are living sacrifice, verse 1 and 2, you will be connected to the body of Christ. I just want to be really clear here. I realize you can be body, connected to the body of Christ outside of Sunday morning gatherings, outside of the church building, but you are called to be connected to the body of Christ. We belong to each other. Ephesians chapter 2 says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but you're fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. It goes on to say that he, God, is building us together. He's building his church together. We belong to each other. As a Christian, you are a part of the larger body of Christ. Whether you like it or not, we belong together. Theologian, uh, you know, current day, the well, maybe not current day theologian, Pat Benatar. Just kidding, just a musician. <laughs> she sang the song, We Belong, We Belong Together. I'd sing it for you, but I don't think I can hit those notes. We belong. She says some weird things in there too, but she acknowledged that we belong together. There's all sorts of music. We could have gone with Taylor Swift. She's pretty popular these days, right? She has songs about belonging together. We were created 
to belong together. As much as at times you may feel better off alone, it's not true. You were created to live in the body of Christ. You were created to be a part of something bigger than yourself. I think we can look back at COVID now and say that there were a couple harmful things going on there. There was COVID itself, but then there was the disconnect that we had for weeks or months where we were disconnected from each other, and it was not healthy for us. We're seeing all sorts of effects of of that time spent disconnected. We need each other. We were created to need each other. You're not created to do it on your own. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. How many of you have heard of that? All right, pop quiz time. Here we go. If you can come up with this, is good. There's, there's five main Maslow's hierarchy of needs. There's five of them. See if you can get them. Turn to someone next to you. Come on, pop quiz. You can do this. Bonus points. I'll give you a high five later if you get it. Get as many as you can. The five, this was Maslow's belief of the things that we needed. Come on, the hierarchy of needs. Right, you guys, some of our teens here are in a little bit of an advantage because you guys are studying this now. I actually don't remember when we studied it, but, but I've heard the name. All right, here we go. Let, let's go through them. I heard Chick-fil-A over there. <laughs> That's like number 22, okay, but it's on there. <laughs> All right, number one, Maslow believed that we have our physiological needs. That would be eating, water, sleep. I mean, there's just the things you have to have to survive your physiological needs, your body's needs to survive. The second thing is safety, that, you know, we don't want to get eaten by wild animals or, or killed by other people. You need safety. That's the second thing that you need. First, you need to eat, you need to drink, you need to sleep. If you don't, you'll die. The second thing is you need safety. You know what the third thing is? We need to belong. We need love. That's the third level. We can stop there, but I'll give you the other answers just so you can high-five each other. Uh, the fourth is esteem, and the fifth is self-actualization. And maybe the sixth is Chick-fil-A, so high-five to whoever said that. (laughs) Listen, you were created for community. You were created to be a part of each other's lives. And if you call yourself a follower of Christ, then you are called to be connected. Here's the deal. When we forget this, when it becomes more about me than we, we have major problems. Once again, we'll, we'll keep going with this COVID theme. One of the issues that we had during COVID, that was perfectly timed sneeze, by the way. <laughs> One of the things we had with COVID was this disconnected feel. And, and you know, as, as a person who was in pastoral leadership, it was pretty hard because we all started putting our own beliefs and maybe getting into it or, or, or having problems with each other based on what we believe, and it kind of tore people apart. It's not a new thing. It's been happening politically. It's been happening in our, in our country, in the world for a long time. When we put ourselves above the body of Christ, we have problems. Chaos happens. There's brokenness. In fact, Mother Teresa said, if we have no peace, it's because we've forgotten that we belong to each other. When we don't put God first, and God's people, then, then we, we suffer, we struggle, we belong together. So that moves us to verse 6 through 8. 
Uh, Number one, think of yourself with sober judgment. Know exactly how important you are. You're not more important than anyone else. You're not less important. You were created by God to be a part of the body of Christ and to serve. And, And the second thing is we belong to each other. Look around the room. We belong to each other. We're family. You may not like me, but we're family. You're stuck with me. If you're a follower of Christ, if you're a part of the body of Christ, we are a family, and that's a beautiful thing. Then in verse 6 through 8, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, what should you do? Well, you should prophesy in accordance with your faith. If your gift is serving, what, what should we do? We should serve. If it's teaching, teach. If it's encouragement, encourage. If it's discouragement, keep it to yourself. Stop it. (laughs) If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so he says, know your value. You're not above or below. You're, You're created by God. You're perfect. You are gifted to build the body. We belong to each other. Therefore, use the gifts God's given you to serve and build up the body of Christ. When we don't serve, when we don't use the gifts that God's given us, it hinders the body of Christ. Every once in a while this happens in the church where uh, we'll have a gap in leadership. Maybe it's a teaching position, maybe, you know, in different areas. And, and sometimes we struggle to find who's going to be the next person to take that spot. I, I'm just going to tell you, uh, in a church of, I mean, there's, we average maybe 450 to 500, but there's about 700-ish members in this church. We shouldn't struggle to find people to serve. God has gifted all of us with gifts and abilities to serve the body. And when people aren't using their gifts, the body hurts. How many of you remember the beginning of the season for the Bengals? I'm sorry, I know we're weak from the Super Bowl and they're not in it, but the beginning of the season, Joe Burrow was hurt. You guys know who Joe Burrow is, quarterback of the Bengals? He was hurt. We're not talking about the wrist later in the season. We're talking about the calf. And Joe Burrow was hurt, and so his, his calf, he couldn't move the way he normally does. He couldn't even throw the way he normally does because he couldn't push off of it. And so there was something missing from the Bengals, and we lost our first two games. I'm not saying that's the only reason, but that was a piece of it because a part of the team was not whole, was not able to use all of his gifts, and the team hurt because of it. The same is true in the body of Christ. When we fail to use the gifts that God has given us, we are hindering the body of Christ. But it's not just the body of Christ. We're hindering our own faith, our own walk. If God gifts you with gifts to serve and build up the body and you choose not to do that, not to serve, not to use those gifts, you're not leading, you're not doing what God created and gifted you to do, and you're not whole. It wasn't just the Bengals that hurt. Joe Burrow himself hurt, not just his calf, but he couldn't run. He couldn't move well. So guess what happened when that offensive line broke down? Big dudes came and hit him. He couldn't put the right, th- the, the right umph on the ball when he threw it, and so passes were sailing, and they were getting picked off because he just didn't have He hurt too. It wasn't just the body. He hurt 
The same is true for us. You have been gifted perfectly by God to contribute, to be a part of the body. We belong to each other, and so therefore, use the gifts God's given you to serve. If you're not doing that, you're not just hurting the body of Christ, but your own faith is lacking. My, my wonderful mother-in-law, she used to say something. When she wanted to give us something or do something for us, and we would say, no, no, we don't want you to do that. You don't have to do that. My, my wonderful mother-in-law would always say this. She would say, don't take away my blessing. As if that was like the trump card. Like, well, because she said that, how can I argue with that? Don't take away my blessing. Don't take away the blessing that I'm going to get from giving or serving. And, and that, that's, that's really great, right? But it's true. Because when God gifts us to serve and to build the body of Christ, when we're not doing it, we're missing the blessing that God has for us in serving. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to use my gifts that God has given me in thinking that I'm going to bless others, and instead I end up being blessed because of using those gifts. God has given each and every, let me say this, one, everybody look at me right here, come on, attention, eyes up here, teacher, teacher Alex right here, eyes up here, open please. <laughs> God has given you gifts to use to build the body of Christ. We belong together, all right, take your eyes off me, look at each other. We belong together, we are a family whether you like it or not. And the gifts that God has given you are meant to be used. And the body of Christ will be its strongest when we all use the gifts that we've been given. Your faith will be the strongest when you use the gifts that God has given you to build the body of Christ. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, offer yourselves to God as living sacrifices. That's a, a personal, I'm offering my life to you, God. But it's directly connected to serving and loving the people around you. All through Scripture, love God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. You cannot follow Christ and not be connected to the body of Christ. The natural outflow of worship to God is in service and in love of others. Don't claim that you love God if you're not loving the people around you and serving them. Worship team, you can come on up. We're going to sing a song, I Speak Jesus, and, and I just want to kind of frame this for you. It's one thing to say, I want to speak Jesus over something. Can I tell you a lot of times Jesus wants to use you as, a, as an influence, as a conduit to reach out? The things that we pray that we speak Jesus over, we're going to sing, I speak Jesus over my family. You know what? God wants you to use the gifts that God's given you to serve your family. I want to speak Jesus over, you know, the troubles, over the problems. God wants to use you to work in those problems. So, so as we sing this, don't just say, I speak Jesus over it, but understand that God is calling you to be a part of the body of Christ and to use the gifts he's given you to serve. Praise God, it's his power. But he wants to use us to accomplish His will and His purposes. So that's one thing. The second thing is this. I understand that for some of us, it's more difficult to be connected. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe somebody's 
done something to you and it makes it harder for you to connect to others. Maybe there are barriers for you physically or emotionally or or whatever it is. Maybe there's spiritual barriers that are keeping you from being a part of the body of Christ. Let's speak Jesus. Let's allow Jesus to lead us and guide us. God gifted you perfectly, not better than others, not worse than others, perfectly to be a part of the body of Christ and to serve. We belong to each other. We are called to serve. Father.